This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Football. Energy drinks. Beer. More football. Welcome to Bink at Night. We're live on a Friday night. Jay Binkley, night off. Dusty Likens here with you with Julio Sanchez on 610 Sports Radio. Bink at Night. Uh, werewolf edition. It is Friday. It's still kind of cold. It's like my type of year, right? You're going to live up to the name, the dirty werewolf. You can't say you love sunshine and beaches every time. You got to love the the cold, clear skies, the, the snow on the ground. Humble yourself before you go try to lower the handicap and golf for the summer. It's a tough one, man. It's a tough time of year, but you, you, you got to love it because like another day of it. And then you got nothing but 60 degrees next week. I'm pretty sure that's what they're saying. Kind of a fun show tonight. Kind of fits the theme of the news that you heard today that Matt Nagy is coming back as a senior assistant slash quarterbacks coach slash I'm taking over Kafka's job slash I'm back with Andy Reid slash I've got to build my foundation back up. We'll get into that. Uh, Vern's hot stove every Thursday night. It's getting hotter and hotter and there's no baseball which is just in, incredible to me to where uh, Josh Vernier already is on, I guess it would have been February 24th, but where Vern already is uh, at this point on baseball in Arizona, trying to keep as many tabs as he can on a baseball team that you know you're ready to watch play uh, this spring, mostly because of one player. I think that's safe to say. We'll We'll get into what... Rusty Kuntz said about him and how it completely changed my perspective on this whole Bobby Witt Jr. thing might be bigger than we expect. I made a bet, Julio, with Rob Britton earlier today, for the people that don't care, that Nicky Lopez is a starting shortstop for the Royals this year on opening day. On he, opening says, day? he says Adalberto Mondesi uh, starts opening day, uh, barring no injury. So if they're both healthy, ready to go, number one shortstop, Royals baseball for me is Nicky Lopez. How can you not have that man at shortstop? Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think Mondesi kind of lost, right? With all the injuries, there's no way they put him back in that position. I mean, right? Dayton Moore came out and said at the end, there's like no towards the end of the year last year that we were, we were done with the Mondesi project, yeah. right? Yeah. Those were. He had his moment. Verbatim. He's, he's done. Verbatim. Yeah. He's more like a, what, what, second base, maybe? Something like that? No, I think Whit plays second base. You think so? You don't think they move him to the outfield? I mean, there's some discussion in that. We talked Monday on President's Day. I think that uh, your infield is Santana at first, Witt at second, um, Lopez at short, Bobby Witt at third, Sal at catcher, 
Michael A. Taylor in center. Um, ben Attendee, I think, plays right field or left field. And then the other one goes to um, either Hunter Dozier. So Mondi doesn't start at all. I think you have a saying. DH position. Yeah, but I mean, he uh, and I think he's you can known get for creative. his defense, right? Not just uh, sure, I mean, but every time he bat, plays defense, he gets hurt. But that's why they put him at second, right? Because that's yeah. probably the least risk as far as injury goes on, uh, around the diamond, right? Or is it more of a risk to put Whit Merrifield I mean, in the outfield? It's a risk anywhere you put Mondi, I guess. So try yeah. to tell you a one six for you, Rob Breton. No way Montesi starts over Lopez when Lopez are in that position no, with a gold glove defensive and a three hundred back. Come that's on, a, that's a Brenton. slap in the face, man. We, I will tell you what we bet. Right. At, I'm kidding. We're not going to go to a tease. We're going to talk about uh, baseball with Vern later tonight. He will join the show at 630. And then Pete Sweeney, my guy. I thought we were done. I thought our relationship was on the back burner for at least another month. And then the Chiefs went and dropped this Matt Nagy information. Eric B. Enemy story breaks loose. And then we got to talk if, if Pete would even allow me on a bachelor party. I'm, I'm kind of interested to see about that question. But we start tonight's show off where kind of today... I don't think it really took anybody by surprise. In fact, when they announced yesterday per uh, Verderam, per Chidea, per Schefter, whoever you want to look at your source, uh, that the Chiefs were going to, in fact, keep Eric Bieniemy as offensive coordinator in-house for at least one more year, um, it, it made it quite possible for Matt Nagy to come in and relearn things. Um, and that's exactly what happened. And basically what this tells me is that the Chiefs' plan for Matt Nagy is to become the offensive coordinator under Reed in the next two to three years. I don't know if that happens. We'll ask Pete Sweeney that same question, or we'll ask Pete Sweeney what this means for Matt Nagy coming up at 7 p.m. here on 610 Sports Radio. Again, thanks for listening tonight on your Friday night drive home. Uh, Hopefully you're staying warm and listening to the soothing sounds of the werewolf. But what I'm trying to get into this is that what the Chiefs are kind of doing is they're bringing it back to what I believe was the 2017 uh, coaching glue chemistry, right? It, it seemed that Kafka was ready to, to get going. A lot of us, myself included, thought his next role was offensive coordinator in this offense, and Eric Bieniemy was going to go blossom as a head coach or an offensive coordinator somewhere else. News comes out a couple weeks ago that Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy would have a conversation. They do. And then no news comes about any of it. Nothing. Just locked up tighter than a pickle jar. And then the next thing we hear is, is here's a source that says to Matthew Verderam that, hey, Eric Bieniemy is going to stick around. And then another source says to Jeff Chidea, hey, Eric Bieniemy for sure is the offense coordinator next year. And then... Once the Schefter stamp of approval has been sealed, sent, and tweeted, Eric Bieniemy is the offensive coordinator. And then shortly after, which was today at around, what, noon, Matt Nagy is announced as a senior assistant and quarterback's coach. What happened with Matt Nagy and Patrick Mahomes was, was that Patrick Mahomes was a rookie. And the backup, the car, the what Pete Sweeney once told me, the Corvette was in the car or in the garage. You just couldn't drive it yet. You had, to, you had to get the rest of your miles out of your, of your other vehicle, and that was Alex Smith. Well, I'm okay with Matt Nagy coming here as a quarterback's coach and the, like a senior assistant. Because of, I think that in life, sometimes humbling situations can work out. 
And I think this is exactly the situation that we're getting with Matt Nagy is, you know, hey, the Andy Reid coaching tree has proved in the past that it is pretty ripe and that guys tend to flourish as soon as they get their wings spread and go somewhere else. Help Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl in Philadelphia with Nick Foles, right? Uh, it didn't really end well, but now Doug Peterson's on his second stint as a head coach in Jacksonville, not saying that he has to go the same route as Matt Nagy, but Matt Nagy comes back to Kansas City where he'll be underneath Andy Reid. He'll know how things work, and it's one of those things where he can tell himself, hey, I went to Chicago, I was a head coach for a major city team. It didn't work out. I'm not saying that he got ran out of Chicago, but the door wasn't necessarily unlocked when he came to the office. And if there's one place that always seems to work out for people that need to look at the situation again, it seems like Andy Reid kind of has that niche, right? Hell, it worked that way for Andy Reid in Philadelphia. Andy Reid was on top of the world in Philly. Big city, big team, high profile, big division, NFC East. You're playing Dallas twice a week. You had Donovan McNabb. You brought in Michael Vick. You were full of fireworks. Top of the world. Came crashing down. Now he's in Kansas City. Arguable debate. I think he's had a better career in Kansas City than he had in Philadelphia. He's got a ring here. He learned how to win a Super Bowl here. He got his quarterback here. And kind of put the puzzles to get put the puzzle pieces together to create the big picture. Whereas before, it's like that puzzle that you've always put together in your basement with your family, where you're at the very end, you're missing two pieces. And the picture's not completely clear. Now it is. Now he can build any type of puzzle he needs because he knows how to fill every single piece into that picture. Philadelphia, four straight NFC championships, one Super Bowl appearance, zero titles. Kansas City, four straight offense or ASC championship games, all four at home, two Super Bowl appearances, one Super Bowl win, showered with tons of winning seasons around it, just like in Philadelphia, but here in Kansas City, it's been better for Andy Reid. Same situation can happen for Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy comes to Kansas City again with humble expectations. Hey, guys, but knows the quarterback. The quarterback is four years older than he was than when Matt Nagy was first here. And oh, by the way, the quarterback that taught Patrick Mahomes the schemes and the ways of the NFL was Alex Smith, who was coached as the offensive coordinator by Matt Nagy. So really there's the same type of techniques that were taught to Patrick Mahomes by Alex Smith. A lot of those might've been taught by Matt Nagy. So the chemistry shouldn't really have much of a hiccup. I trust it works out. I really do. But what's that mean for Eric Bieniemy after this year? That I will ask Pete Sweeney of Arrowhead Pride when he joins us at 7 o'clock here tonight on 610 Sports Radio. Again, thank you for listening. When we come back, Rusty Koontz, right? He's not a guy that's flashy or loud or anything other than brilliant hair and a great personality and a mind for baseball. Boy, did he drop a bomb yesterday on Vern's Hot Stove. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. 
type of music that makes you want to have a cocktail in your hand and a very beautiful scenic view. We could all be there soon. Just got a couple more weeks to go, right? Just trying to warm you up a little. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Julio Sanchez, Dusty Like is with you on a Friday night on 610 Sports Radio. Little tease for you. Sunday, I'll be with uh, I'll be with Nick Schwart. So it'll be Nick Schwart and uh, me on Sunday. Those are always interesting shows because I don't know where they're going to go. Like, we can plan them all we want, put them together, have an idea of what we're going to talk about. He's going to want to talk about KU basketball. I'm going to want to talk about Bobby Witt Jr. And then we're going to end up talking about why ice cream wrappers look like condom wrappers. That's normally how it goes. Interesting. All right. To sit to Looking set that, to that up to set that up. Okay. Go get Magnum ice cream sometime and tell me that the wrapper of that ice cream doesn't look like the wrapper of the condom that I never use. Name probably wasn't. Uh, it was probably right picked on purpose. What came first right? in that situation? Like the chicken or the egg? What came first here? The the ice cream or protection? Uh, protection. You think so? Oh, for sure. Magnum. Okay. What, what? What? That's probably like ten years old. Not even. Magnum's <laughs> been around forever, my man. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Not that um, I know, you know. Julio, you produce uh, every Thursday night for the wonderful Josh Werner, who will join us uh, from Arizona. Must be nice uh, here in a little bit. But Rusty Koontz last night had this to say uh, per quote. Uh, quote, not too many 21-year-olds that are five-tool players that bring the kind of energy, smile, and exuberance. Last time I've seen a smile and energy like that was Griffey Jr. Every day he'd bring the smile, energy, and tool belt. That's what Bobby brings. Okay. Okay. All right. I am, for one, on record as saying last year I thought Bobby Wood Jr. should have been on the opening day roster. We can all agree that Bobby Wood Jr. is going to be on the opening day roster this year, and he's going to play third base. And if you don't believe me, I'm going to ask Josh Vernier, our 610 Royals insider, that question again. Because I ask him it every single time he joins a program that I am hosting. But what's crazy about this is I have one question to ask all of you that have listened to me these last few weeks. Do you believe me now? Are you done in, in your car or at your home office listening on the Odyssey app? or however you listen via aux cord, Bluetooth, whatever it may be, and telling yourself, Dusty, come on. They did, with this, they did this with Gordon. They did this with Mondesi. It never pans out. It's always overhyped. When have you heard Rusty Koontz compare anybody to Ken Griffey Jr., of all people? Okay? If you're my age, you were the same kid that loved baseball when Ken Griffey Jr. played, you wore your hat backwards and your coach said, well, when you hit the ball like Griffey, you can wear your hat like Griffey. You were in your backyard playing wiffle ball and you did the little, you know, Griffey swing with your hands on your shoulder, rocking back and forth. You played slugfest on N64. You wore a Mariners hat to a Royals game knowing in 30 years you'd be pissed at yourself for shaming the brand that is your hometown team, but you did it because Ken Griffey Jr., You got humble men out here like Rusty Koontz copying a kid who's never played a major league inning to Ken Griffey Jr., one of the top 10 best players in baseball history. 
I'm still pissed he went for that ball that snapped his wrist because it changed his life. Still hit 600 home runs. Still in the Hall of Fame with a 95% vote percentile. The most iconic swing. So the hell with me comping this kid to what Mike Trout is. If he, in fact, is King Griffey Jr., very, very soon, when the tax returns hit the account of Mr. Likens, a powder blue Kansas City Royals jersey with Bobby Wood Jr.'s name on the back and number with a stitch fit is going to be ordered. And it will be for a lot of you out there, too. Because this is the second subtopic of what this comparison can mean. Now, again, I'm not saying that he's going to be Ken Griffey Jr. I'm just listening to the great Josh Vernier talk to Rusty Coons on Vern's Hot Stove Talk about what kind of player Bobby Witt Jr. could be. And again, Rusty Koontz had this to say, quote, year olds that are five-tool players that bring that kind of energy, smile and exuberance. Last time I've seen a smile and energy like that was Ken Griffey Jr. Every day, he'd bring the smile, energy, and tool belt. That's what Bobby brings. So when you think of Bobby Witt Jr. and King Griffey Jr. comparisons, you think of what those guys did to several generations. What King Griffey Jr. did to a franchise, what King Griffey Jr. was for the Seattle Mariners. I'm 34 years old. So any of you that are in that realm of age, you know you watched those Seattle Mariners teams. You could probably still name six of those Seattle Mariners players. Joe, Jay Buhner, Edgar Martinez, Tino Martinez, Randy Johnson. Alex Cora, Alex Rodriguez. You loved those Mariners teams. Not because they were good, but because they had King Griffey Jr. on them. Bobby Wood Jr., same energy. Five tool, young. It's all there. Now, I get it. Rusty Coons is a guy that represents the Kansas City Royals, and he's going to pump up his dudes as best he can. But what King Griffey Jr. was was so much outside of just the game of baseball. King Griffey Jr. had kids in the suburbs of Kansas City swinging like him, acting like him, looking like him, dressing like him. That's the powerful personality that he had. And if Bobby Witt Jr. is just... I don't know, a drip of that? Think of what that does first for a team and an area like Kansas City who is pining to get back to playoff baseball. Don't deny it. The Chiefs run is fun. The Royals won. That was a little bit more fun, wasn't it? 2014-2015, I bet you had a better time than you had the last four years combined. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. But it seems to me playoff baseball in Kansas City hits a little bit harder than playoff football in Kansas City. And you want someone to follow and lead you to that path? Bobby Wood Jr. is that kid. Merchandise sales. Baseball sales. Tickets. You want want close to 100,000 people 
opening weekend in Kansas City when and if baseball like, remains to be played or when it does get ready to be played, Bobby Wood Jr. is going to be that reason. And again, I don't want to hear it. Well, Gordon failed us. I went to opening day and Gordon struck out four times. I was there too. But Gordon wasn't like Bobby Witt Jr. And there are similar parallels to Bobby Witt Jr. and King Griffey Jr. Outside of the junior. The talent bag is there. Like they said, the tool belt, the smile. Bobby Witt Jr. sitting down with Josh Vernier and saying that he was blessed because his dad was in the league and he was always able to be around it. The shock factor is not there. Hell, we can start getting into Patrick Mahomes parallels here if you want to. Bobby Wood Jr. doesn't have to worry about when he steps into a major league clubhouse or a major league stadium. He's seen them. He's seen stars. He's seen players of magnitudes that are astronomically high. Bobby Wood Jr. can affect three decades of athletes. Three. Young kids, teenagers, middle-aged, grown-ass men. You better believe if baseball is played on time and opening day's here and I ain't got to work here, powder blue, dust man, down in the crowd, neck getting sunburned, beer in one hand, Bobby Wood Jr. hand in the air, screaming. Not because I'm obsessed, but because of what that could mean for the future of this team, this town, and this organization. And if you're like me, in 2014 and 2015, hit a little bit harder than 18, 19, 20, and 21 seasons of football for the Chiefs. Now, granted, I was at the Chiefs parade. Loved it. Had a blast. Was at the Royals parade. Had a little bit more of a blast. But if you want to get back to that, comps like this from guys like Rusty Koontz really kind of shaped that mold to be a little bit more of an accurate future than people like me coming out here and being like, well, he could be the next Mike Trout. The hell with Mike Trout. He might be the next King Griffey Jr. I'll tell you this. If I'm ever the next Josh Vernier, I've succeeded anything I could ever do in life. He joins us next. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs 610 Sports Radio. what I've put my heart and soul to. And so I've just really tried to make things as easy as possible and just having my dad there for me and just having a lot of support with me and being able to be, like growing up, I was blessed with all the the stuff I had. I know a lot of kids don't have the resources that I had just with having my dad doing what he did and then being able to have a glove, have a bat, have these things. And that a lot of guys that, whether they're coming from Dominican or wherever they don't have, I was, I wanted to make sure that I got, was able to perform with that stuff, use that stuff, and then so really focusing on baseball, I think that's what helps slow down the game as a whole. And so as a young age, I think that kind of clicked for me, and I think that that's why I knew this is the game I was going to play. Boy, when they talk like that, age doesn't matter. That's a 21-year-old man right there. That's soon to be your girlfriend's favorite player in Kansas City. It's about to be your wife's, your grandmother's, your mother's favorite player. In Kansas City. Uh, Man, I'll tell you what. 
I can't wait. Rusty Koontz got me fired up, and I didn't think that's something I would say in February, but that was from Bobby Wood Jr., who sat down with the Josh Verner, who you can hear every Thursday at 6 o'clock on Vern's Hot Stove. He plays baseball whether they don't, and he joins me right now at 610 Sports Radio. Josh Verner, how are you, my man? I'm doing well. How are you, Gus, man? You know, I'm man, I, I just I need it. I need baseball. It's it's getting to the yeah. point where I'm not frustrated yet. I don't give a rip that, that Manfred was there today. I just need baseball because of, you know, the from what I hear on your show about the future of the Royals, and now we got Rusty Koontz out here throwing haymakers, saying he could be King Griffey, not saying, but reminds him a lot of Ken Griffey Jr. And I kind of want to get your opinion on that if I just need to, you know, sit down and, and relax or just really take that with everything that it said. Well, I, I actually liked the comparison he made a little bit later in the conversation. Yes, still with the great Ken Griffey Jr., but not about the smile or the energy or the, the five tools that they both have, the competitiveness. Uh, Rusty, uh, his, his eyes just widened when he said it, just talking about the way that Ken Griffey Jr. would compete every single day would be forced to leave an impact on the game. If you got the better of him at the plate, he was going to make sure he righted that wrong defensively and rob a run from you. And then moments after that conversation with Rusty, it was was the next day, I guess I I sat down with Bobby Witts, and um, he ended up saying something very similar. In that conversation, I asked him about playing third base and if if playing third base allows you uh, to maybe – step away from your defensive work a little bit more than, than you would if you were at shortstop. And, you know, his answer was no, 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 it doesn't. I'm still putting the same amount of time defensively as I am offensively. In fact, I look at them as two completely separate aspects of the game. If you beat me at the plate, I want to steal a run from you. I mean, it was verbatim from what Rusty said when describing Ken Griffey Jr. is what Bobby Witt Jr. says. He takes to the field each and every day, which uh, that having that kind of competitiveness, because when the game comes as easy as it appears that it comes to Witt Jr., just like it did to Griffey Jr., uh, complacency uh, can set in if you're not surrounded by others that push you, if you're not on a championship team. So whether or not the Royals are a championship team this year or next year, uh, the drive and the competitiveness of Bobby Witt Jr., I would think, uh, would would rise the tides of all boats in Royals uniforms. I've tried to defend my case as to why people need to relax when they say, well, we heard this with Gordon. We heard this with Mondesi. We heard this with so-and-so. Why is it different with Bobby Witt Jr.? Why is it not, you know, the same? And And what I've said is that the upbringing, like you mentioned in that clip we played before we threw you on the air with this, it's just – it seems like everything that you could accomplish as a major leaguer, he's, he's already seen without stepping on the field. Like, all that will come, but all the stuff before it, like they try to tell you what it's going to be like, he's already seen that. Is that why, or is there more to it than just that? Well, I, I, and, and neither can you for as much as you want to. Neither one of us can say with 100% certainty that he is going to be uh, Mike Trout, Ken Griffey Jr. I mean, that is... It doesn't feel right to say, but 
you know, comparing him to Patrick Mahomes doesn't feel right, but Dusty, I just keep coming back to that. Everything about this young man, uh, the, the, the things that people in baseball that know a lot more than you and I about this game, the things that they say about him are the same things that football men and women said about Patrick Mahomes before he debuted. I mean, you remember Jay Binkley on this station going on and on about Mahomes is going to be the greatest football player ever. Brett Veach told me he's the greatest prospect he's ever seen. And, just going, and it sounded, I laughed at Binkley. I told him he was just uh, you know getting the people going a little bit too much, and he turned out to be right. So you might be right with Bobby Witt Jr. Uh, the reason is, yeah, I, I, I do think a lot of it goes back to that upbringing. Now I'll, I'll, I'll make mention, you know, Mondesi's old man played in the big leagues as well. Uh, but but Mondesi, I, I don't believe, has ever showcased, uh, even when I, when I first met him when he's 18, 19, uh, he, he didn't have that uh, unrelenting self-confidence uh, that, that Bobby Witt Jr. does. Uh, I, I don't know if Mondi was an uh, insecure young man, but he was just so much more reserved and unsure of himself. Bobby knows he's good, and it all comes very easy to him. Uh, Mondesi uh, needs to be told uh, when he was young, needed to be you know, patted on the back, and yes, you are good. Even though the game comes to him just as easy, I don't know if the self-confidence was as abundant as it is with Bobby. Speaking of Mondesi, I was having a conversation, and, and Vern, you know me, I gamble. Um, who's got a better chance of winning this bet, me or Rob Breton? I said that Nicky Lopez is the opening day shortstop on this team. He dejects that and says it is Adalberto Mondesi bearing any injury. Uh, okay, so okay, so so barring injury, um, yeah, no, yeah, if they're both healthy, with, yeah, if they're both healthy, I'll side with Rob. I'll put I, I have Mondesi as the shortstop, uh, both personally and and I believe that's the thought process of this organization right now, and I think it's correct. Um, I think the best defensive shortstop in this organization is Adalberto Mondesi. So when I'm putting together my starting lineup, I want to have the best defensive center fielder, the best defensive shortstop, uh, and the best defensive shortstop is Mondesi. Uh, Nicky Lopez didn't do anything to lose that job. I want him and that gold glove ability on the field, so I put him at second because I don't want the 21-year-old Bobby Witt Jr. bouncing all over the diamond in his rookie campaign. I want him to know every single day that he drives to the ballpark, you are our third baseman. There's no doubt. Now, someday we're going to give you a few days off, but when you're in the lineup, you are the third baseman. That is your position. So I want him at third. I got Mondi at short, Nicky Lopez at second. Now, we understand Mondesi isn't likely to be an everyday player. Uh, likely to play, uh, let's say, four out of seven games a week, three of them at shortstop. Maybe he's a DH in another. Uh, when he's the DH or on the bench, Nicky Lopez is your shortstop and Whit Merrifield is your second baseman. That's how I envision it all happening. But as we've learned over the past few years, uh, goofy things tend to happen right before opening day, whether it's an in- in- injury to Mondesi last year or if it's, you know, COVID to Dozier and Keller two years prior to that. So when you look at the the infield, so is the outfield Michael Taylor in center, Benatendi in left, and then Whit Merrifield in right? Is that the opening day outfield, if you had to guess? 
I would, and then I'd have Hunter Dozier as my DH. When Witt's at second base, I could put uh, Dozier in right field. We could, you know, you know Nick right. Prado. How does Nick Prado hit over the first two months of the season? Does he force this organization's hand? Does he force uh, his way to the big leagues before yes. Independence Day? I think I think that's going to be fun to watch and. I don't know if they'll be able to move on from Carlos Santana, but they'll certainly be able to transition him to a DH role. No bias aside here, you you were around for both of these championships in 15 and in 2019 with the Chiefs. I said this earlier, I think there was a bigger buzz in uh, in this town when the Royals did it in 14 and 15 than when the Chiefs did it in 19. No, there, there's there's no question, but that's the beauty of baseball. Right. Uh, that that's the That's the one thing that, that the NFL can never touch, the everyday nature of baseball. During those runs in 14 and 15, I mean, I, I was a single man then, so maybe I was living a different life. But, but even, but even the, the married men and women with kids, mm-hmm. you, you wake up and, and, and you think of your job, sure, and you think of your family. Uh, but after that, it was, you, you thought about the Royals pretty quickly in the morning. And all right, when is game two or who's pitching tonight? It was every day uh, that was the appointment television or we're preparing for tomorrow's appointment television, and, and, and the NFL doesn't do that because you play once a week. Yeah. I will say this. I think that if we are going to give this kid comparisons to King Griffey Jr., and I think that you've been around baseball long enough to know this, that it goes beyond what the, you know, the infection that can it cause to a team where everybody kind of stands up and looks around and says, hey, let's all, let's all do this together. But what that could mean for a franchise and what it means for a city because – you know, then you'll have kids in their backyards doing Bobby Witt stance. And, and I think that that's the most important part. And I think where we can end this interview and get you back to what you need to do, which is your job and, and focus on that and keep giving us great content from Arizona, Vern, is the fact that like, I don't realize, I don't think people realize how important it is for a guy to click like that. And, you know, we've seen it with Patrick Mahomes from the football side, but man, I, it's been a while since the Royals have somebody like that that makes everybody go out and 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 take almost close to a hundred thousand in an opening day weekend, Vern. And, and yeah, that that number seven Bobby Wood Jr. jersey should be mm. flying off the shelves. I mean, it, you know as well as anybody, Dusty, the impact that George Brett made on this community, uh, the impact that Patrick Mahomes is making on this community. Each one of them with only one championship in their career, and yet uh, George Brett made sure that this city uh, remained in love with the Kansas City Royals uh, all the way up until 2015, throughout all that losing in the 2000s and the 2010s. What George Brett meant to that generation before our generation uh, made us remain loyal to the Kansas City Royals. So, yeah, Bobby Witt Jr. has that kind of ability to – the next ballpark. I mean, just imagine mm-hmm. uh, you know, what we're going to call that ballpark, depending on what kind of career he has. I mean, it's the, it's the house that Bobby built, if it all works out according to plan. Vern, last and not least, over under 156 games played in 2022. Over. We're playing all 162. Okay. Well, we better get busy in Arizona. We better get busy in Florida if that's going to happen. Vern, uh, we'll, yeah, we'll talk again. I'm sure of it. And uh, you stay safe and have fun out there. All right, buddy. You too. Take care. Josh Verner, 610 Sports Radio, Royals Insider. Uh, lots to say there. We come back. 
There's lots of moving parts, but not in any sports player's future, but more so announcing's future. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Big at night, Friday night, 610 Sports Radio. Dusty Likens with you, Julio Sanchez as well, taking you all the way up to 9 p.m. Congratulations on getting through your week, or maybe your week just starts. Who knows how many people out there still work Monday through Friday, 9 to 5. Props to you if that tradition still lives. For those of you interested on how meetings went today with baseball, as we were just joined by Josh Vernier, Royals 610 Sports Royals insider, uh, you can hear him every Thursday night, 6 p.m. I mean, the guy's had the GM on so far. He's had the future on so far, as well as Rusty Kuntz. So, I mean, like anybody, J.J. Piccolo, Bobby Wood Jr., Rusty Kuntz. I mean, it's just, it's Vern being Vern, man. He affects everybody the same. Jesse Rogers of ESPN says that Rob Manfred today met with Tony Clark 1v1. Contents of the conversation are unknown. Manfred did not meet with the players. They're all back here on Saturday for another session. Uh, the sides made progress on the draft. They might be able to. They might be able to close that out soon. But there's still a ton of work to do. Of course, one of the issues with the draft were the players were wanting the picks to go from three lottery picks to eight. Um, that obviously is to avoid tanking. Um, to make the percentages a bit harder to get the first overall pick. Either way, um, the Royals were gifted a few years ago getting Bobby Wood Jr. Um, as their first-round pick, so thanks to the teams that passed on him. But the meetings are over for the day, and that just happened about an hour ago. So every day the meetings seem to be getting longer. Every day the sea, they seem to be making a little bit more and more progress. If they just could have been doing this about three weeks ago instead of um, – basically four days until they start missing time uh, in the regular season. Josh Vernier on record here tonight, though, is saying that 162 games will be played um, in the regular season. But speaking of games to be played, you'll have Diddy Matthews. You'll have Ryan Lefevre to listen to all Steve Stewart as well. Steve Fiziak, Rex Hudler. You'll have them all here on 610 Sports Radio win the Royals do play, but when it comes to football, it seems that there's a lot of people on the move and a little bit of an interesting topic to debate, and that is that Troy Aikman is on the verge of leaving Fox to become the lead analyst on ESPN's Monday Night Football per New York Post. The deal is not done, but there's an expectation that it will be finalized. Aikman's salary is expected to compete with Tony Romo's 10-year $180 million deal with CBS. ESPN is also trying to bring in Joe Buck to join Troy Aikman on Monday Night Football. If Buck chooses to stay at Fox, ESPN will likely turn its attention to Al Michaels. ESPN is where we start first with this. ESPN knows, and it's no secret, you know and I know, that ESPN knows it's losing its catch for football. Now, ESPN has the money. They're always going to have the NFL. That's not what we're getting there. But when you think of games that are broadcasted, 
You don't think of any announcers on ESPN. You never think to yourself, what about Brian Greasy's going to say tonight? No. You think of Al Michaels and the Collinsworth slide in. You think of Tony Romo and Jim Nance and how Romo makes more money than Nance and he's only been doing it for, you know, five years. You know that Romo's going to try to predict the play, seem a little bit more excited than he should be. But all of that does not reflect around ESPN. In fact, the most attention that ESPN saw this year was on its number two station, where they paired the brothers that share the Manning name together, and that's where the ratings went on Monday Night Football. No one is interested in what they're putting out. So now what they're going to do is they're going to go try to get a big name in Troy Aikman, or they're going to try to steal Fox's number one team in Aikman and Buck, and they're going to try to pair him up on Monday Night Football. Which is kind of interesting because now we're starting a world that is going to start trending in this direction. And where we peel the layer back even more, today, it was clearly announced for some reason, I guess the, the wife's tweet didn't solidify it, but Sean McVay is not going into TV. Sean McVay is coaching the Rams. He's going he's gonna to make his money there for a while because he's young and he's a champion and he's going to keep doing it. He's been to two Super Bowls in four years. So that's where he's going to stay, which then means there are two very, very sexy names out there that could be an analyst for upcoming football that is opening into a new direction. Amazon. That's where Thursday Night Football is going next year. And just kind of like how we were talking with Bobby Wood Jr., you got to have a splash, and it's got to be quick. And if ESPN is going to go try and dismantle Fox team and put it on their Monday Night Football thinking that everybody likes what Troy Aikman and Joe Buck have to say, which is not true, ESPN will then put that powerful team up against somebody else. Well, now you have Sean Payton and Tom Brady. Two guys who I think are willing to do such a thing. I think Sean Payton can be interesting enough to be a color analyst for somebody's network. And you know Tom Brady and his personality and his clout of the game could be sought after. I don't know if that's something that Tom Brady's willing to do. But he checks all the boxes. He's extremely good looking. He's extremely knowledgeable. And he's very well known. He's been the face of the NFL for the last 15 years. Now he's retired, doesn't want to play anymore, quote, maybe he's okay talking about it. He saw how Peyton did it. Maybe he could do it one night a week. We know Peyton and Eli are coming back and running it again on ESPN2 doing the Manning cast. We know the Manning cast was successful. 
because it was something that we've never seen before, and it was with two personalities that can't be duplicated. And they're brothers. So now Amazon has a move to make. If ESPN takes this away from Fox, Fox has a move to make. And you have a whole shakeup. But one thing's for certain, it's not working at ESPN. And it hasn't worked at ESPN for a long time. Didn't work with Dennis Miller. Didn't work with Tony Kornheiser. It's not working with Greasy. It's not working with anybody at ESPN. And so ESPN, like we've seen from the article and from what New York Post is saying, is that Troy Aikman is on the verge of leaving Fox to become the lead analyst on ESPN's Monday Night Football. And he's expected to get Tony Romo money, which is 18 mil a year for 10 years. And that shapes up to a nice $180 million contract. And if you want to keep your eye on the next big guy at Fox for their number one team, look no further than Greg Olson. If you haven't listened to Greg Olson announce a game, it's probably because you weren't paying enough attention, but it's actually pretty damn good. Yes, that Greg Olson that played for the Carolina Panthers for all those years. One of the best sightings we've seen in the last 10 years. That Greg Olson, fantastic announcer. That, to me, is my replacement for Troy Aikman. And then whenever somebody wants to get smart and let Gus Johnson take over as the reigning play-by-play guy, then you're all in. But Troy Aikman, likely out at Fox, likely headed to ESPN. When we come back, my guy, good friend, I have to call him, Pete Sweeney on the new news that Chiefs made this week and a lot today. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.